Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Philanderson. It's a podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 26. It's a really good one to follow on from last week uh, when we asked, how much can I borrow for a mortgage? Think of this as its partner podcast schemes to help you buy a home in Scotland. So that's coming up. And it's one of a collection, a completely free resource. You can tap into the back catalogue for this show whenever you want. Every show works on its own, but you can have a listen to them all when it suits you, however you like. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be exceptionally grateful. Hit subscribe as well, and that way you get the new episodes as soon as they're ready, and you'll be right up to date. They'll be farm fresh. Now, for our library of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you can get your podcast. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. I'm John Mellis. With me as always, the star of our show. Here's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Fine, thank you. Now, last week, uh, how much can you get to spend on a house through a mortgage this week? How we might be able to help even more by giving you all the info on the various schemes to help you buy a home uh, in Scotland. Now, how many schemes are there, Phil? And are they aimed at a specific buyer in particular? There, there's a few different schemes just now. You, you've got what's called the First Home Fund. There's the, the LIFT scheme, and that stands for Low Cost Initiative for First Time Buyers. And there's also the Help to Buy Scotland scheme. So a few different schemes. And um, I tell you, when I was doing the research into them, so many different options. And you know what? <laughs> no wonder people get kind of baffled by it all. It's right. I, I was looking at the, the key takeaways, right? I'm, I'm kind of covering that right at the beginning. <laughs> if, if, if you didn't want to hear us rambling on for 20 minutes or half an hour, you just do this and that's it, done. But the, the, the key takeaways this week are, one, speak to a mortgage broker. Two, let them do all the hard work for you. Three, enjoy your home. Yeah. And I, that's it. That's the podcast done. <laughs> So three main schemes. Uh, well, let's try try and make some I, sort of headway. Just, I know. I, I think the joking aside. I mean, it is. It, it, it's no surprise people get a bit confused because yeah. you have so many different options targeting so many different people. But the the one thing with these schemes, they they're generally there to try and help people get on the property ladder, which is a good thing because over the years house prices have gone up. A lot of people can't afford to, to put down big deposits. And nowadays, a lot of lenders need you to have more of a deposit. I mean, the days when you could get 100% mortgages are, are pretty much gone for, for just now. So, so these schemes are good. They, they can help people get on the market. I would say that the most popular one over the last year, certainly through, through my work, has been what's called the, the First Home Fund. Now, just now... There's no funding for that, but that comes back out on the 1st of April. And that, that scheme is designed for first-time buyers. But one of the good things with that scheme is only one of the applicants needs to be a first-time buyer. So if you do have two people looking and one of them's a first-time buyer, they would still fit the qualifying criteria for that one. Okay. Uh, are all of these similar or are, you know, do they vary hugely in between the schemes? They, there is, I mean, some some of the schemes are a bit, they, there are similarities, but then there are differences and some of them maybe have like different ways that they work. There, there's other ones that maybe the amounts that you can get 
are, are different. What, what I'll do, I'll, I'll kind of cover the the, the the main one that we've found over the last year has been yeah. this sort of first home fund. So I'll kind of go, go Okay, through, let's go through that one and see, see uh, how, how it works I'll out. I'll sort of go through that one first and just explain, and, and then we can touch on the, the other ones as well. But basically the, the first home fund is what's called a, a shared equity scheme. It's designed to help first-time home buyers to get on the property ladder. It provides up to £25,000 towards the purchase of a home. Now, that can be either a new build or an existing property. It's a shared equity scheme. And, and what that basically means is that the Scottish government has a share in your home. You you own, you, you have full ownership rights of the property, but they have, like, they, they own a share of it. So, for example, if you buy somewhere for £100,000 and you own 85% and they own 15 when you sell that property, they get 15% of the sale price somewhere down the line. So that, that's when that gets paid back. And it's, it's good to note that on the share that they own, you don't pay any interest or there's no rent or anything to, to pay on that. So that that's kind of like just the, the starting point with, with that scheme. Yeah. And obviously, Nicola Sturgeon's allowed to stay. She, she can bunk over whenever she wants because she's the one who's back in it. She, she stays in the spare room if she fancies it that night. She's got a bingo night nearby. The, the, this, this scheme, it's, um, as I say, it's targeted for first-time buyers in Scotland. Yeah, It's not for cash buyers. So the, this scheme is designed to try and help people get on the, the, the property ladder. If, if someone was looking at this scheme for, for the first home fund, the, the first thing I would recommend to them is to speak to a financial advisor or mortgage broker. Now, a lot of financial advisors won't deal with mortgages, so probably a mortgage broker is maybe the, the better place to start. At some stage, you're also going to need uh, a solicitor as well, but the, there's a website. Now, with, with the first home fund, you actually find a property first and then apply for it, which is unusual because with the other schemes, you generally tend to have to apply and make sure that you'll get it. Whereas with this one, it's it's slightly different. So you, you try and find a property first and then you apply via, there, there's a website, it's linkhousing.org.uk first home fund. Now, because this scheme is available to all first-time buyers, that's why you don't have to apply for it first. The only thing that we do need to make sure is that there's funding. I think last year, the funding went from about April and it ran out maybe around about November, early December time, I think was when the, the funding ran out. You, you get, once you get a property, they they then give you like an award letter. You, you apply for, for the, the scheme. You then get an award letter, which is valid for three months. And I think you do get a further three months to actually get all the, you have to conclude missives within the first three months. And then I think you get another three months where you can actually move in within that time. There is a, a £550 fee to apply for it. But if it doesn't go ahead for any reason, you do get that back unless it was like a, a you were making a fraudulent application. That would be a reason why you, you maybe wouldn't get that back. But like, I mean, if, if you're buying under this first home fund, you've got to keep the property and a good state of repair. You've got the option where you can buy a, another, like more of a share at some point in the future as well. So going back to that earlier example, if if you buy a property for a hundred thousand, 
and they own 15%, you do have the option of buying that 15% or part of it or all of it at some point in the- Because I was going to say, what if your first home becomes your forever home and you just, you you, you mean, it's all very well selling it on and paying back the the 15, but if you just say, right, that's it, we're here for life, how do you get their money their money back? Presumably you have to buy them out. Yeah, that's it. So so, so you've got the option. They, they would either get that money back when it's sold or if you decided you wanted to buy more of the, the share there as well. So there are good schemes to, to help people get on. And one, one of the good things as well is that you don't need such a big deposit. I mean, typically you, you can... On the first home fund, you can get away with a just a five percent deposit. Whereas if you're purchasing a property under normal circumstances just now, you're going to need at least a ten percent deposit. So, the, for the lenders, there's less risk to them because of the government's kind of equity share in it as well. Um, so that that's kind of a bit about how that sort of scheme works. And do is there a maximum limit on the? Uh, you might have covered this already, Phil. I, I don't know. Is there a maximum limit on the price of the property that you apply to buy? I mean, it's my first on, home, but I'd like to buy Balmoral Castle. You know, I mean, it, there can be on on some of the schemes. There, there can be. So go go into the other schemes that we've got. The the lift scheme, that was the the one that I, I kind of first mentioned at the the beginning. And that's the one that stands for low-cost initiative for first-time buyers. Now, on that scheme, they, they've got an option. There's what's called open market shared equity and new supply shared equity. Now, on that one, the, the Scottish government can take up to a 40% share in your property, but they do have limits as to what you can actually buy at. And that limits are all dependent on the area that you're in. So for example, on the open market shared equity, now for a house in Aberdeen City, a two bedroom, the maximum that they'll allow you to pay under that scheme is 100,000. If it was a three bedroom, it's 120,000. Right. Now look at Dundee, the, the difference is there, a two bedroom, the maximum is 60,000 and a three bedroom is 80,000. So each area on that particular scheme has got different limits as to, to what you can buy at. So that, that's why I'm saying there's so many ins and outs of all of these schemes. And when I was joking at the start about speaking to a, a, a financial advisor or mortgage broker, that, that's kind of the reason why, because the, all, a lot of these schemes do have so many different ins and outs. Um, when it comes to, if you're going to anyway, sell the property on, presumably you have to then go back to your lender and also the, the lender will then inform the government at that same point. Yeah, I mean, the first port of call, if if someone was looking at, let's say you're on the, the lift scheme or the first home fund, the, if you're looking to sell, the first place to, to go would be back to that link housing that I mentioned yep. earlier. The person that owns the property absorbs all the, the costs. So you've got all your usual kind of selling costs should you be looking to, to get rid of the property. The Scottish government own the share, but they don't pay for any of that cost. It's the person that, that owns the property that, that pays for all of that. But it is the, these schemes, are, they're a good way of trying to help people to get on the, the property market. And I know that the Scottish government are doing a lot to, to try and get people on it. The only thing I would say is that you've got all these different types of schemes with different types of rules. If they could have just made one, one scheme and made it a little bit kind of simpler, eh? yeah. I, I think that would have been 
that that's just my kind of take on it. But yeah, sorry, on you go. Yeah, because where, where do you apply for these? Then, if there's three, if there's three different on the market just now, where are the various places that you apply? Are they all through the government? Yeah, I mean, you, you can get information on them on on the Scottish gov, Scottish government website. They they've got information. So, um, open market shared equity scheme lift. They they've got a guide for buyers for the first home fund. If anyone's struggling to find any of these documents, just certainly get in touch and I, I can have a look and, and get them and, and email or, or send them on to you. So that's that's no problem at all. But there's a really good website, that linkhousing.org.uk. And on there, they, they've actually got a different section about all the different Scottish government funded schemes. And you can apply for them through that website as well. So there's the, the Lift Open Market, Lift New Supply, Help to Buy, First Home Fund, a lot of different options there. But I think rather than someone try to do it themselves, that's why I'm a great advocate. It's like, right, speak to or not, not so much a financial advisor, but probably more a mortgage broker in, in this instance. And people often say to me, it's like, well, where can I find a mortgage broker? Again, if you typed in mortgage Aberdeen, mortgage Glasgow, mortgage Edinburgh, you, you'll generally tend to get a lot of companies will, will come up. You, you will find not all mortgage brokers will have a lot of experience in these types of schemes. I mean, you, you should find that a lot of the bigger companies, companies like First Mortgage, should probably have have good experience dealing with them. But there there are a number of brokers that will specialise in these types of mortgages and they're certainly able to help you through all of that sort of thing as well. Okay, and what about lenders, Phil? Do do all lenders work with these schemes? Not all, but there are a good amount of them that that do. You tend to find a lot of the bigger names are are fine with it. I mean, on, on the first home fund, I know Halifax, TSB, Nationwide, Barclays, you've got a few smaller lenders as well, but generally the, the bigger ones will tend to do it. I think Leeds Building Society is another one that will lend on it as well. So the, there are plenty of lenders out there. Generally, the, the lenders criteria will be a bit different for each scheme as well. So I mentioned there that typically you'll need a 5% deposit. Now, most of the lenders, it's 5% of the, the total price of the property. I think it's TSB that does it, where it's just 5% of your share. So again, that can sometimes mean that you didn't have to, to put mm. down quite so so much in the way of deposit. If, if you're buying over a certain level, you need to just watch out for, I mean, you, you'll have solicitor's costs to pay you may have the, in Scotland, it's the land and buildings transaction tax over a certain level. You do tend to find that a lot of these schemes are aimed at properties that will fall below that level, but not all the time. So so again, that's something just to, to be aware of as well. Okay, uh, just a few things, just sort of by way of summary, I, I guess, but um, can anyone get involved? Let's see if my understanding is right of these things here. Can anyone get involved? Who can apply? Uh, what boxes do they have to tick? So this is, uh, all of these are aimed at first-time buyers, but it only has to be, if it's a couple, for instance, that are buying one of the people that are involved in this mortgage that can be the first-time buyer. So your other half could have previously owned a, a property and it doesn't matter as long as you haven't. Yeah, that, that's on the first home fund. So right. on, on that one, so on, on that scheme, as long as one of the applicants is a first-time buyer, that's great. If, if the other applicant still owns a property, that throws you out and that, right. that kind of knocks it. So what, what these schemes are really designed for, they're, they're really aimed at people on low yeah. and medium income households. That, that's what they, they're hoping to try and get them onto the, the property ladder. Yeah. 
So that that's really primarily who they're they're aimed at. And then we did mention like the lift scheme, they, they've got some of that restrictions on like different price holds across different yeah. areas. So it, there's a, a lot of ins and outs in, in these different schemes. Variations in the theme. I, I know I'm generalising here. Um, when it says uh, what you need to have by way of deposit, generally speaking, around 5%. Yeah. How do you apply? Well, we've mentioned that as well. And who can help you get a mortgage like this? A mortgage broker, generally speaking, is the the place to go. Yeah? Yeah, that's it. But it, okay. it is. I mean, like when, when I was doing the research into it, there's so much different ins and outs of each of the, the schemes. And they all differ in slightly different ways. I mean, it's great. Come come April, we're going to have the funding for the, the first home fund. I, I think we're going to see an awful lot of people interested in that. The, I mean, last year, there was a good take-up. Um, but it's a good time to start looking at it now because with, with that scheme, you find your property first and then you apply for it. So so what I would say, if, if someone's looking for more details on that one, speak to a mortgage specialist first of all. They can then say, right, great, you can afford this amount of mortgage. You can then look at the property that you want. Once you identify one that you're really keen on, we can then sort of crack on quickly put in the offers for it, apply for the funding when it becomes available in April time. So it's a, it's a good time for people to start looking at these schemes again at the, the current time as well, even though the funding isn't just quite yet available. If I said to you of these uh, schemes that we've looked at, is there one that you prefer? Would it be that first? I'm guessing it'd be the first home fund. It, it's definitely the most popular one I find through my work. We, we get more people buying on that than the other schemes. But then, like I so said, the Help to Buy Scotland, that, that's a scheme which is more geared towards affordable new build properties. So if someone was looking at new builds, that yep. might be a better scheme. So they, there are different, there's not any one that you say, oh, it's definitely the, the best one to go okay. for. It's definitely worth considering all, all the different options out there. And find out what suits you best, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so far as we've covered various topics through the weeks, Phil's been giving us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. I would think it unlikely, Phil, that you would have an experience on schemes to help you buy a home in Scotland in so much as these schemes probably didn't exist when you were a first-time buyer, and I'm the same. <laughs> That's your polite way of saying I'm old. <laughs> I didn't say that. And I also put myself in the same category. I know. But I don't think these were about when we were buying first I know. time. There was, I mean, years ago, you did get, there was some shared equity schemes. And back in days gone by, you used to also get what was called shared ownership. And that was where somebody would own part of this property, somebody would own the other part, but you would have to pay them maybe a rent for mm. that, for their, their share. So that, that schemes have kind of, disappeared but I mean through through my work I've seen many people getting on the property ladder with these types of schemes so they are a good thing although they can be a little bit complex and and all the rules around them are are different I mean they are a a good thing I mean as house prices have shot up they've helped people get on the property ladder and and achieve their aspirations of of buying a home so um, in general I I would say that these different schemes are a, a good thing for people. Okay, we always do this bit as well, Phil. You, you get inspiration from various people you admire, and I know you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits the subject matter for this episode on, on getting a helping hand or a leg up yep. to buy that new home? I, I thought this was quite a good quote of the week. It comes from Mark Twain, and it's, buy land, they're not making it anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, my train has some good lines. Okay, I must um, admit, property. I I think property is a good. Yeah, we've said this before. Haven't I mean, we? For, yeah. for property, you're 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 looking to buy it. I mean, for for what we're discussing today, you're buying it to stay in. Yeah. Generally, over the long term, it, the the prices should rise. I mean, you'll get ups and downs with it, but I, I do think it's a, a good time for people to look to buy. I mean, they, there's some bargains out there, some properties that've been on the market a while. So interest rates historically are, are still very low. So I, I do I think it's a good time for for people to be looking at buying just now. If you if you're in the market and, and I guess you have been and maybe are at the moment where you're looking for a property fill, whether it's for work or you know to to reside in, do you do you as a prospective buyer sit there and say right that's been on for a while now if I can just hold on for another couple of weeks or months I can get that right do you sit there doing that that sort of calculation honestly, game honestly when when you're buying and selling houses it's all a game when it comes yeah. to cost and. I mean, I, I've seen folk will put in offers and then they'll get turned down. The seller's wanting more. This, then the, the purchaser might think, right, that's it, I'm going to walk away. But I mean, if, if someone's desperately keen to get a property, if, you can, if you're the seller and you can see that, you think, oh, I'm just going to hold out for, for more. So it's a bit of a game, is it? And I, I used to say that, I mean, years ago when I was advising on a lot of mortgages and a lot of first-time buyers back then, I used to say to people, it's like, look, when you go and view a property, then I show them your hand. If you walk in there, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, I've been <laughs> an offer for this. It, it is, it's a bit of a game, is it? And you, you want, as a buyer, you want to try and get a place at the best price you can. And as a seller, you want to try and sell for the best price you can. So it is, it's all a, a wee bit of a game, really. Right, Phil, let's summarise in this one. We, we did this right at the top of the show, but uh, to summarise in this episode, what's our key takeaway? Anyway, well, thank for, for MD that's listened for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> But um, yeah, key key takeaways, I would say, speak to a mortgage broker, let them do all the hard work, and three, enjoy your home. Phil is very keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you'd like to email a question to us, please do. Uh, we can ask them anonymously if you'd like us to. Let's get on to this week's. I'll give you the contact details after we've asked these. Our first question today comes from Barry in Bigger. Now, I know you think I make these up, but I genuinely don't. Barry is in Bigger. He's getting married soon. He wants to know, is there anything specific financial that he and Kelly, uh, his wife-to-be, should be getting in order at this point? So the um, finances, I guess, to get sorted for marriage, Phil. Don't say prenup. <laughs> I, I always think like when, when somebody gets married that's a good trigger they, there's different times in life when it's good to to speak to a financial advisor and I think getting married is, is one of them one of the things a financial advisor would sit down and do at that stage is look at things like pensions so they, they'd look and say right who's the beneficiaries on your your pension do you have a will they can also look at protection such as like life cover who the beneficiaries are on, on your policies. They can also help and advise, like, is there any tax breaks with, with being married as well? So definitely a good time for, for somebody to sit down with a financial advisor after they've, or running about the time they're looking to get married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just another thing to organise, I guess, on top of the cakes and the outfits and, and everything else. Don't worry about money after you've married because you'll never have any of that. But beforehand, you know, it's always it's always a way to look. Uh, next up is Katie in West Hill in Aberdeen, who's just been accepted to the police force. And she wants to know, 
if she should take out some sort of beefed up, bolstered personal insurance, given that she's going to be in in the front line. This is an interesting one, Phil. Is it worth investing in a sort of enhanced level insurance if you've got a potentially higher risk job? Yeah, I mean, one one thing I would say, if you're joining the police, I, I would check with them and say, right, what's the, the death and service benefits? Because that would be something that, so you may have already extra benefits by by joining the police. One, one thing that they have access to as well is their, this, what's called Police Mutual. They offer tailored products to police officers and those working in the police force. So they, they have all, have that as well. I mean, it, whether you need any extra cover and, and policies and things, I, I would say that ultimately depends on the person's circumstances. But yeah, good time again. Changing job is another time when it's a good trigger for Sort of taking financial advice and just reviewing your circumstances, but I, I would definitely say it's worth considering reviewing the, your stuff there. Okay, good stuff. Uh, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to have a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics so far and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I don't believe we've said the words police mutual on a podcast before, though. I, do, I don't nope. think we've said that. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you think that you could use a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search personal finance with phil anderson that's personal finance with phil anderson on facebook phil's on twitter and linkedin as well or you can email phil a question that you can answer on a future show his address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk that's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk send a question and like i say phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast and please be assured we will not use your real name if that's what you prefer remember if you found this useful please rate and recommend and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links that you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John.